0: I'm Mike Tucker.
1: And I'm Elizabeth Talbot.
0: So do you always cry at weddings? <laughs> no, no,
1: actually I don't. And many times I'm actually performing the wedding.
0: Okay, and you don't cry then usually, No, no, no. no. So Today- why did you cry at this one?
1: Well, actually... I don't know if you ever had the, the the situation in which you actually were able to see the end of a difficult story. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that this wedding was the end of a story that had been difficult in the previous months. And um, I, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Do you remember that one time when we were um, putting the broadcast together mm-hmm. that we went to a city nearby here? Mm-hmm. And you left, uh, came back to the media center. Yeah, and we were in
0: a courtyard area, if I remember yes, right, sitting at a yes. table doing some work, and then finally I left.
1: Well, when you left, I stayed working a little bit longer because mm-hmm. I always work a little harder than you do. <laughs> 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 no,
0: no, no. What oh, thank you is, so much. Boom, <laughs> yeah, no, Actually, I was
1: making some notes on what we had discussed. And when I crossed the courtyard, there is this man there. And he says to me, nice sermon. And I think he has overheard us, but mm-hmm. we were not preaching any sermons. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, what do you mean? He says, well, I saw you last weekend in oh, a Voice okay. of Prophecy cable broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually had a TV broadcast. Mm-hmm. And he comments on my sermon, right? Yeah. And I just have this impression that I need to talk to this young man. And we start talking, and the fact is, he's in a very difficult situation in his life. Um, w- part of this difficulty is that his girlfriend is pregnant, and and this man doesn't know what to do with his life, first of all, because he didn't think this was going to happen to him. He is, uh, in some ways, a religious leader. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to put his life back together. And here he, um, he opens his life in front of me, and, and I just feel the Holy Spirit asking me to, to explain to him how the gospel works, that in the moment that you decide to do God's will, God takes over your detour and just helps you put your you know, life yeah. back together. Yeah. And I tell him that. Well, many months later, I get this invitation for his wedding. And his uh, bride is pregnant about six or seven months in the wedding a few days ago. And they are getting married, putting things back together, making things right. And the joy in that church of them, you know, knowing the end of of their story as far Mm -hmm. as what were they going to do, the crossroads. It was just unbelievable, the joy. And these three little girls start signing a song at the very beginning of the wedding, before the bride comes in, about God's love being so profound and deep that no matter how how much in darkness you find yourself, He reaches out and makes all things work for good of those who love Him.
0: Your story and the story we're going to visit today uh, reminds all of us that God works with broken people. Absolutely. It does not matter how broken in your life, God can use you, and He can use you in spectacular ways because you look at all the Bible characters, their lives were flawed.
1: And and you look at all of us. Yes. <laughs> you know, all I of mean, us. all of us have such brokenness that we carry in and, and sometimes God gives us glimpses of the end of somebody's story and how God was able to use them in spite of, yeah. of who they were serves, or where they've been. You know? It serves
0: as a reminder that God is not dependent upon the quality of the clay He uses. He can make something wonderful out of anyone. And so your life, even with all the mistakes. You've made that I've made that everyone listening to us has made is still something that God can turn into something beautiful. He can use you in ways you never dared dream possible.
1: And today you will see that in the first chapter of Matthew, because we are in the week of Christmas and we start this week uh, on this Monday with the genealogy of Jesus. How flawed people actually were part of the genealogy that ends up in 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 Joseph and, and Mary and being the parents of of God who. Came came in the flesh in in, in Christmas. And um, we want to invite you to do something. If you haven't been with us from the very beginning of the year, um, you know, we started with the genealogy of Jesus actually the first week of 2009. That's right.
0: We did our very first broadcast. We we started with the genealogy of Jesus and looked at, at the Gospel of Matthew. And it started with something that, you know, most people look at the genealogies of so-and-so begat so-and-so as something yeah. very boring and dry. But it really, there's there's richness here as we're going to rediscover today. But that first genealogy we talked about about how God had used some very broken people to yes.
1: do You know, there are four women in the genealogy of Jesus and that was not a common thing. In no. Matthew chapter 1 we have Tamar, Ruth, Rahab, and Bathsheba.
0: And all and of these are women of questionable character <laughs> or background. <laughs>
1: yes, or they are from a different nation than mm-hmm. Israel. Things that Matthew seems to have been out of his mind to put yeah. on the genealogy of Jesus. But Ruth, a actually... Moabitess.
0: You know, yes. the Moab- Moabites were, were kind of an enemy of, of Israel and yet here she is in, in this genealogy.
1: And Bathsheba, who had been the wife of Uriah, yeah, so the first thing you, you, you remember is it's that, the
0: adultery with with yes, David. The
1: David, and and then you have Tamar who posed as a prostitute mm-hmm. uh, to to try to get a, an heir for for his uh, for her dead husband. Mm-hmm. And so we had a broadcast on actually Bathsheba at that time, and we got a an email from a man that was listening on the radio, and he said that he got such great comfort from the story of Bathsheba that if Bathsheba could be in the genealogy of Jesus, then God could actually use he him. He can use
0: any of us. Isn't it
1: amazing? Yes,
0: it is. Is amazing. And now we've, we're going to look at another person who is in this uh, genealogy which might surprise you. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 starts off with the record uh, of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And those were important names to throw out there because again, it, it shows that, that Jesus is of the line of David and is a Jew. But you skip on down here to verse uh, 5, wouldn't you? Yes, um,
1: yes. Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab and Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth and Ober was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. Now, but, but the now first Rahab, woman... Rahab.
0: Yeah. So, who is Rahab? Well,
1: this is a difficult story. Rahab, um, we find her in the book of Joshua. And actually, of the four women, she is the one that it has a profession that we wouldn't want to have.
0: No, you, you would not usually put a, a woman whose profession is the what, what some refer to as the oldest profession in the world in the genealogy of Jesus as, as uh, a sign of the fact that he is the Messiah, and yet she is a prostitute.
1: She's a prostitute, and actually she is who the Bible says she is, because I have heard people trying to put put it down a bit. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't really... No, the Bible says that she was a harlot, and um, when uh, Joshua sends the spies to look at the city of Jericho, which is the The first city that actually God is going to give into uh, into their hands as they conquer the promised land of Canaan. Uh, I don't know why the spies end up in in the house of a prostitute and I'm not even going to try to go there but the issue is that they go to Jericho and they go into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and that's how chapter 2 of Joshua starts.
0: And Rahab hides the spies and helps them to escape under the condition that they will protect her and, and her family when they take the city.
1: Now one of the interesting things is that this woman hides them and actually lies to her own people. Now, this is a fortified city. Nobody could have imagined what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, this uh, mass of untrained people, former slaves who are not really a trained army, are going to take this fortified city with these massive walls. Why this is just impossible.
1: Yes, but... She lies on their behalf because she has come to believe in the God of Israel. Yes, she was a prostitute. Yes, she was a harlot. But somewhere along the lines, she came to believe in the God of heaven and earth. And her confession of faith uh, is only matched by one or two confessions of faith. In all of the Old Testament is one of the most uh, complete uh, faith, uh, confessions of faith that we have in all of the Old Testament. It's coming from a prostitute. Yes,
0: and we find it in verse 11 uh, where she talks about the, the hearts of the people melting with fear because of... The, of the children of Israel, and she says this, For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath.
1: Yes, this is one of, like we said, you know, for in a time where there were so many gods, especially in Canaan, where they had mm-hmm. gods for everything and gods of fertility and all kinds of gods. She says, No, we have come to know that Yahweh, in this case, in your Bible, Lord is going to be all capitalized, which actually the original has the name of God, Yahweh. Yahweh, your God, He is God- in heaven above and on earth beneath. And please swear to me, she says in verse 12, by the Lord, by Yahweh, that if uh, since I have dealt kindly with you, you will uh, save me and my family when you destroy the city. So she knows that this God is so powerful that even the walls of Jericho will not stand She him.
0: understands that this great uh, city that, that all the inhabitants have such confidence in is going to fall because she knows that God's hand is with this people and so uh, looking forward and just assuming it's going to fall, now she says I'm going to help you but you've got to help my family because otherwise we're going to suffer the same fate as the inhabitants of the city. So protect us if you would please.
1: And they actually promised him that they will spare yeah. her, and verse 15 on, they come up with a very interesting sign yeah. on verse 18, a cord of scarlet. Many believe that this is a, is a very similar symbol to the Passover lamb's blood that they put in the doorpost when they left mm-hmm. Egypt, and they come up with this uh, red scarlet cord that she's supposed to hang out her window, and when they see it, they, they're going to save her.
0: Yeah, all the, the uh, armies will be notified of the sign, they will look for it, and then they will protect this woman and her family. And, of course, they do just that. The walls fall. They protect um, her and her family. And then she decides she lives among the Israelites for the rest of her days.
1: Yeah, let's read that on Joshua chapter 6, where actually the conquest happens, on verse 25. However, Rahab the harlot and her father's household, on all she had, Joshua spared. And she has lived in the midst of Israel to this day, for she hid the messengers from Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So here we have the red cord becomes a sign of her faith in this great God. She's spared and she ends up in the genealogy of Jesus because yeah. I guess she marries the father of Boaz and and Boaz and Rahab have Boaz who uh, um the father of Boaz uh, it becomes the, the the grandfather of Obed and then of Jesse and of David uh, and can of you David, imagine yeah.
0: it, it is an, an incredible story that God takes this woman a prostitute e- even a, a cast aside from from that secular that uh, that pagan generation uh, of Jericho and puts her right into the the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It tells us that God can use broken people. He can use you no matter how broken. You may think your past is too stained to ever be used by God, that if you walk into a church, the walls will fall in on you. That is a lie. It's a lie that crawls off the floor of hell because God has his hand upon you. He has redeemed you, and he can use even you. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute. And follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free. Woohoo!